And so I'm told it's Advent. November marks the start of Advent. And apparently, they say Advent is all about waiting. Well, if Advent is all about waiting, then I run out of patience. Listener, generally, I'm I'm very bad at waiting. I can't I can't wait for the weekend. I can't wait for exams to be over. I can't wait for holidays. I've been thinking and reading about waiting over the past couple of days, and I came across this story. So, in the height of British colonialism, an English man arrives in Africa, ready to start on a fast-paced journey through the jungle. He hires some local porters to help him with his supplies. After an exhausting day of walking, they all camp up for a good night's sleep. The English man wakes up nice and early, ready to continue. But the porters refuse to move. They say, give us a minute. We're not quite ready just yet. He's so confused and annoyed and paces up and down, frantically checking his watch. He begins to get angry and he tries to bribe them, offer them more money for their work, but with no success. So he thinks, sack it, I'll leave now by myself. Eventually, after having a nice, hearty breakfast, the porters leave the campsite and having not walked too far at all, they came across the Englishman. He was lying under a tree, crying, thirsty, exhausted and lost. To rescue his dignity, the Englishman asked the porters, what took you so long? And they answer, ah, we were waiting for our souls to catch up with our bodies. I like this story. I think it shows how people who think so much of themselves find it so hard to wait. But those who don't think much of themselves realize they are just specks in the whole wide universe. Don't mind taking their sweet time to wait. So maybe by realizing that we're only so small in the grand cosmos, we can find it easier to wait as well. Even so, I still don't quite see the point of waiting. Luckily, Advent is more exciting than I think. So there are four weeks of Advent, starting on the 27th of November, all the way to Christmas Eve. There are four candles for each week, and each week, one candle is lit. In the first week, the theme is hope. The first candle lit is a purple candle. This candle represents hope, and it represents the anticipation of the arrival of Jesus. In the second week, the theme is faith. The second candle is also a purple candle, and it symbolizes the journey of Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem. It calls you out to prepare the way of the Lord. The third candle for the third week is pink, which represents joy. This candle is a special candle. It reminds us that Jesus' coming is near as we reach the middle point of Advent. The third Sunday of Advent is also called Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete meaning rejoice. On the fourth and final week of Advent, the theme is peace. The last candle is lit, which is purple again. This candle reminds us of the importance of peace as the true saviour of the world is coming. So there's a lot to wait for this Advent. At least we know the rest of the story and we know that our waiting is not done in vain. I'll leave you with this little factoid. In Portuguese, the word for wait is espera, but it also is the root of the word esperanza, which means to hope. Monday the 21st November was World TV Day. Yes, really, there's a World TV Day. To let you guys see a little bit behind the scenes, 
When we run a podcast, every month or so, Jack will give us a list of really useful things for us to look at, something that's interesting. And we honestly couldn't do it without him, so thank you, Jack. And I saw World TV Day. It really caught my eye. How humorous, I thought. A fun little way to celebrate the modern-day campfire. Now, I've looked at days in the past, and they're normally organized by, you know, some guy in the middle of nowhere that just decided to make a day and thought it was fun. The thing that really surprised me is the the people to make World TV Day, it was the UN, as in United Nations, as in, and to quote their website, the keepers of international peace and security. Jeez, apparently World TV Day is serious business. Quoting from their website, in recognition of increasing impact of television has on decision-making and bringing the world attention to conflict threats to peace and security and its potential role in sharpening the focus of other major issues, including economic and social issues, the United Nations General Assembly proclaimed on the 21st November World Television Day. This was passed uh, with a vote 205 to 51 as of the 17th of December 1996. This was done in recognition of the increasing impact television has on the process of decision-making. Television was thus acknowledged as its major tool in informing, channeling, and affecting public opinion. Its impacts and presence and its influence on the world politics could not be denied. Now, that was all quite interesting. And again, rather bizarre that the UN had time to really bother looking at it. Like 200 votes, yes. Jeez, that's a lot of countries. But again, the numbers don't lie. We're in a world that's just hit about 8 billion people. And in that, there are 1.72 billion households that have TVs. TVs reach as ubiquitous. But speak to young adults now, and the idea of a world TV day is very different. TV is not really used the same way. Netflix and other streaming services have dominated the market share for years. YouTube's been free for about almost two decades. I live in a world of TikTok. Everyone is impacted by Instagram. We're married to our phones. We're obsessed with the idea of not only using technology, but how technology is using us. Why am I telling you this? I just thought it was so fascinating that what people in my generation, and definitely the generation below me, think of as kind of old technology. TV gets its own day, endorsed by one of the biggest establishments in the world, by definition, it just seems absurd. That this box that's sitting next to me, this has such a profound impact, not only in the world, but in people's psyche. And yet, the thing that I can forget, the thing I think we forget, is that they're just things. These things are just things. They don't deserve a day. And yet, they occupy far much more in our lives than just a day. I find it so easy to scroll through my phone for hours, but then sometimes lack the time to pray for minutes. Why is this? Really, why? It's too easy to forget, although that we are in this world, we are not built for this world. This is just our stop on the way to heaven. John 2.15 Do not love the world or what is in the world. If anyone does love the world, the love of the Father is not with him. We lose our focus on what matters by focusing on the here and now. Here and now is important, but it's not the only thing that is important. Our calendar has the right idea. TV gets one day, but God gets a whole lot more. 
On six days you shall labor and do all your work, but in the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. I'm not saying don't use technology. You probably listen to this on Spotify or Anchor or something like that. It seems incredibly hypocritical to say not use technology. I do all the time. But these tools are just tools. I personally want to try to make a more conscious effort to devote my days to the things that matter. To serving my family, to my friends, to my colleagues, to my loved ones, to my students, and to God. When I look back on my life, I hope I get to see memories that are well-lived, of me existing in the world, but not being of the world. Now, look, I've got I've got a bone to pick with you, listener. See, I've been going to church for a few years, a few years. Um, every time I go to Mass, I see these, these people walking around the altar dressed in white robes. Um, these, like, mini people, and sometimes they have, like, a red sort of rope around them. And I'm like, who are these people? They're like, why do these people get to walk around the altar? Now, I don't know who these these special people are, but all I know is I want to be one of them. Hey, Esther, have you seen these people around? I have. They call altar service, and, like, before Mass, you can see them lurking at the back. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So the ones wearing a red rope? Yep. Are they, like... They're the junior altar service. The junior altar service. Yep. Okay. If I want to become a junior altar server, it sounds really cool. Is there anything, absolutely anything that I need to know? Um, well, it's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like it's uh-huh. like a really great experience. Like you can't do it anywhere else kind of thing. Well, mm. apart from other churches, but <laughs> <laughs> um, like you can work with the priest, like one-on-one, like mm. work behind the scenes before mass, you come in, set everything up. When I was younger, I used to wonder, like, oh, what are they doing back there? And now uh, that uh, I started, like, I got to know, know. Yeah. You know what they do but, oh, yeah. behind the scenes. Oh, okay, I've, I've got to find out. Um, is there anything about altar serving that I should be made aware of, that I should be scared of? Carrying the cross. <laughs> Carrying the cross. Yes. You mean, like, the, the big Yeah, the, the big one cross? entrance. Why do I need to be... I've banged it multiple times on the <laughs> stairs, walking up and down. <laughs> You have to make sure it's actually facing the front and make sure that it stands up, like it's straight, held up straight instead of like leaning forward or back. Do you have to be careful like the really way you careful. walk? Yeah. Also going inside the room, you have to make sure. Oh, you the sacristy. Tilt, yeah. You have to tilt it correctly so it doesn't hit the top of the door. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. There's a lot to take in here. So what angle are we talking about? 45 degree angle. 45 degrees? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, I mean, it's good I know that now. Because you're the first one to like walk down the aisle as well. Yeah, yes. That must be <laughs> like how fast do you walk? You set the pace. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I try to go with the music, but sometimes the uh-huh. music's too fast. <laughs> and so I'm like, wait, I have to slow down. I see, and sometimes I, I go too slow. So. Well, look, okay. So I'm writing in my notebook things that I need to know to become a junior old server. I've got expect the unexpected. Because yeah. it's going to be awesome. Um, and it's going to be an experience that you've never experienced before. That's the feeling. Um Watch out for the cross. Don't bang it on the floor too hard. Don't hit it into the projector screen. Tilt at 45 degrees if you want to go in the sacristy. And be careful of the pace that you walk down the aisle. There's a lot of confusing things that go on in the mass. One thing in particular, like this annoys me so much, is I realized recently our parish has brought in like these three bells. Mm-hmm. And they play them sort of around the Eucharist time. Yep. Like firstly, do you know when do they do the bells? And like 
how long do you ring the bell for? Because I feel like it varies every time. So um, I've never touched the bells. My dad doesn't let me do it. He does it. So I don't, I've never uh-huh. done the bells. But <laughs> I'm guessing it's like around the body, when the body is like, mm-hmm. and the wine. But uh, otherwise, I'm not sure. I see. I might have to go talk to some other junior altar service. Esther, thank you very much thank you. for being the first person I, uh, I, I speak to on my journey to becoming a junior altar server. Good luck with the other junior altar servers. Thank you. Now, Audrey, are you, are you a junior altar server? No. 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 Audience? Yes, I am. Yes, you are. Okay, that's weird because we just heard no. Um, listener, just, just to keep you in the loop, uh, Audrey very sneakily just pressed the sound effect for no, which is very cheeky. Lewis pressed it. <laughs> so you are or you're not? I am. You are a junior old servant. That's very helpful to me. So when did you start junior old serving? Maybe like end of last year, I think. End of last year? Yeah. Okay, so pretty. Oh, but then COVID. Yeah, so I didn't start till like l- very late last year. Well, uh-huh. like Early this year, sort of. Okay, well, like a freshman. Um, have you found it so far? It brings me closer to my faith and I feel uh-huh. more involved in the church. Okay, okay. Well, okay, the reason I ask Audrey is because I'm doing, I'm on a journey, I'm on a, I'm on a mission. I want to become a junior altar server, but I have no idea what that means. And so I, I need to know, like, what do I need to know to become a junior altar server? So could you, from your broad experience of, of junior altar serving, could you distill your advice to like maybe one thing that I should know before becoming a junior old server? Well, junior really means under 18. So first, <laughs> what <are you> saying? <laughs> first of all, be under 18 uh-huh. or 16. I don't know which one it is. Shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> mm, sort of just like jump into it, really. Jump into it. Yeah, I, I didn't really do any... Like, I didn't know what to do. The first time I showed up, mm-hmm. um, it was just a lady who sort of just introduced me to it and just walked me through everything, like, 10 minutes before mass started, and I just sort of went with it. Wow, that is really being thrown yeah. in the uh-huh. Maybe think- don't do that, but <laughs> it's it's not that hard. It's not as hard mm-hmm. as you think. It's just you can just jump into it and learn everything as you go. So it's like a sort of like a cold shower thing? So you go jump in and then you get used to it? That's a way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you don't like my analogy. Anyways, okay, say I jump into junior old serving. I'm still curious. What's like one thing I should be cautious of? What are the things that could go wrong? The hand sanitizer. Because you're meant to, yeah, because you're meant to hand sanitize the priest's hands. Uh-huh. And it, it's sort of bad, the one at Carlingford. <laughs> it doesn't spray properly. And if you press it the whole way, it goes like everywhere because one time someone not mentioning any names no sprayed for other gym oh he was cool about it but it was, uh-huh. it was so, I, I tried so hard not to laugh it was really funny so if i'm at ultra serving or just pass it on to someone else Don't how, do how far down do you push it where's, where's like the limit just go really slowly and as soon as it starts coming out just just oh, stop yeah okay so basically what i'm taking from this is Jump right into it. Mm-hmm. You learn on the job and wash out for the hand sanitizer. Don't yep. overcommit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, before we go, um, I got to ask you one thing, which has been bugging me. Now, I asked Esther the same, same question is, recently I realized our church is starting to do the bells. We ring the bells like three times. Now, I know from what Esther said, we ring it once 
when they hold up the host, once where they hold up the, the wine or the blood, there's also there's a third time that you junior older servers ring the bell and I have no idea like how you time it. Because to me, it just seems random. I don't know how long you ring the bell for. I don't know if it's a mistake. Like, is it just ringing when they pick it up? Do you know anything about this mysterious third bell? Well, I know you, each of the times you ring them three times, but I... I never ring the bells. I always pass it on to someone. Oh. I've never rang the bells. Uh-huh. I'm always like, oh yeah, hey, do you want to ring the bells? Uh-huh. And I've never done it because I don't know when to ring it. And I'm uh-huh. too scared. The two, there's two <laughs> times that are like just when the priest pauses. The first time, it's just no one knows. Sweet. Well, that's very helpful. That's very helpful. So basically jump in and let everyone else do everything for you. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> no, thank you very much for your advice, Audrey. I'm, I'm writing this down in my notebook, as you can see. Um, I'm taking this all into account. Hopefully, the next time I see you, I will be a junior altar server. We'll see. <laughs> thank you, Audrey. Thank you. Now, Siobhan, welcome to <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Hello. Um, I'm led to believe, Siobhan, that you are a so-called junior server. Yes, I am. When did you When did you start as a junior server? Well, I started as soon as I could after my first Holy Communion in 2019. So I would have been nearing the end of year three. Okay. Okay. So you're pretty experienced then? Well, kind of, because I wouldn't say I'm too experienced because I missed around nine months because of COVID lockdowns in 2020. Mm. And so when I restarted again, everything felt like it was completely brand new. Because I do junior serving with my brother, and my brother's obviously more experienced than I am, he, most of the time, whenever I make a mistake, he just kind of makes fun of me for it, especially uh-huh. where, when we're in the car going home from church. Um, mm-hmm. He's really picky. He's a nitpicker, really. But yeah, um, we have had like little, you could say little disputes while we're serving because uh-huh. sometimes one of us wouldn't do the right thing and we would kind of mess up, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. As someone who has siblings myself, I can I can relate very much so. I, I suppose the first piece of advice is it's better if you don't have siblings. <laughs> no, honestly. <laughs> um, it all just comes down to one thing and that one thing is don't panic, like not panicking, especially if you make a mistake because... God knows that you're here and that you're doing this to him. Like, yeah. See. So it's about like being patient. Yes, uh-huh. definitely. Awesome. Okay. So with regards to like the operational stuff of being a junior server, what's like, what's one thing that I need to know before I go in? Okay. My brother has had so many disputes <laughs> with me over this. So essentially there's a period of time when, you would blow your candles out and then at the very end of the mass when you're doing, I don't know what it's called, but let's just call it the final procession, you have to light the candles again. So if you're the person who's actually lighting the candles, you just have to know how to light a candle really fast, otherwise you'll burn yourself. However, if you're the person who's assisting the person who's lighting the candles, you must tilt your candle as much as you possibly can for an ease of access for the person (laughs) who is lighting the candle because otherwise the candle will be too deep down the glass for them to reach 
And so there would be problems in lighting the candle, resulting in possible injury. It sounds like a dangerous job, Siobhan. Very I don't know dangerous. I I've never lit the candle before. I've always given it to my brother to do. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yes. well, even, even tilting the candle, that's like a whole... That's yes. pretty dangerous. Well, you don't want to drop that candle. Yeah, you should do it around like 45 degrees. 45 degrees? Probably, probably around... 60 if you can. See, I see I'm getting this. Okay. Yes, you okay. are. <laughs> One final question, Siobhan. Mm-hmm. Something that's been on my mind ever since we started doing this at Mass. Yeah. Is I've noticed they've started doing the bells. Now, I'm confused. I don't know about you, but how many times, what's the deal with the bells? Like how many times do we ring the bells? I've, my, myself, even though I am a pretty experienced server, this is quite new to us and I've never actually done the bells before like I've never really focused on how many times exactly you should ring the bell but I've always heard that you should do it three times and the bells are actually more heavy than you expect so once you pick them up you just have to try as much as you can to do some of the strongest rings ever uh-huh. so yes okay well that's I, I think that's the next subject of my, of my quest to become a, a junior server is to find out how many times, how best to ring the bells. Interesting. So firstly, I need to be quick at lighting a match. If not, I need to be good at tilting, tilting the candle. 45 degrees, I think was the optimum. Um, 45 to 60. 45 to 60? Okay, okay. And if all else fails, patience. Patience. Patience, patience. is key. Awesome. Anyways, Siobhan, it's been very insightful talking to you. Thank you. Um, all the best with your junior serving ministry. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, listeners, so I've just talked to Siobhan and I'm on this journey of becoming a junior altar server and still this, I still don't feel like I'm ready yet, not 100% ready. So I've, I've gone around, looked for some more junior altar servers and now um, I'm joined here now by Will. Hello. Will, I believe you are a so-called junior altar server. I am indeed, yes. How, when did you start? How I started about five months ago. It's been five really good, yeah. How do you find it? It's, it's a lot of fun, great community. Um, it's a really good way to serve, yeah. I see. Well, see, well, okay, here's the thing. I am trying to be a junior old server. I'm trying to prepare to be a junior old server. I think I'm, like, young enough, um, just. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking for some, some advice, some, some, a helping hand. So can I ask you, what do I need to know to be a junior old server? It's really just to fade into the background. So make sure your actions are as smooth as possible um, so people don't notice you. You just really want to make sure that people are paying most attention on the host and to a lesser extent the priest when it's time for that. And if you get confused or stumbled at any point, your fellow altar servers will help you out. So it's all fine. Just uh, don't freak out. Don't suddenly change your actions or anything like that. Yeah. I see. I see. So like smooth movements, no like noticeable jerky movements. I see. I yes. see. Does anyone like, do you practice your smooth movements? Do you have to like I know other people sort of do, thing? yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, not myself, no. Uh-huh. Natural pro. so okay so like be as as much in the background as possible yeah for an altar server is it like do you want to focus on the host or is it more focusing on serving the priest who's focused on the host at the beginning you'll be really focused on serving the priest just because you know you're learning you're not used to it yet but once you get accustomed to everything then you're able to focus on the host more um and it becomes really a more deeply spiritual experience for yourself um so the more you the more you serve uh, the better it gets awesome well that 
that's that's very interesting. I'll, I'll take that. I'll write that in my my notebook. Um, another thing, what's one thing I should be aware of? Ah, oh, well, for myself, it's uh, how easy it is to spill water from the water cruet. Um, yeah, it's really easy to do. Question: What's a water cruet? It's this little bowl that the priest uses to wash his hands in, um, um, symbolizing what you know Pontius Pilate did before he uh, see. Uh, sent Jesus to die. You know, but. Huh. Uh, and so when you fill it up before mass, make sure it's not too full. Yeah, it's very easy to spill. It's very because it's got very short edges. It's not like a normal bowl. Yeah, yeah. it's almost like a plate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, beware of the water crud. I've already been warned about the candles. Okay, <laughs> and now it's the water crud. Okay, I see. Um, Will, okay, while you're here, and I know you got to leave quick. Um, there's one thing that I really need to know because it's been bugging me the whole time. Is when do you ring the bells? Because I know. The bells now get rung three times during the Mass. One of them is when the host is raised up. One of them is when the blood is raised up. Do you know when this third bell gets rung? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I'm not entirely sure. It's pretty confusing sometimes. But what I think it is, what I normally do, is when the, the priest says, uh, let the spirit come down like the dewfall, when he finishes the word dewfall, I normally ring it then. Dewfall. Just one time. Um, oh. You normally ring it three times when it's with the host or with the um, with the blood at that point, uh, but this time you only just do it one time. I see. Okay. Well. Okay. So do four. Do four. Ring once. Yes. <laughs> host ring three times, and then blood ring three times. But do four. Yes. The word is do four. Okay. I will keep that in mind. Will this has been amazing? I feel like I'm I'm ready to be a junior altar server. Would you say? Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for your advice and um. Maybe I will see you uh, as a fellow junior altar server. That'll be awesome. Or you might not see me, I'll be like faded. In <laughs> yeah. <background>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading the newspaper the other day and my gaze was caught by a bright and colourful picture from within the paper. It was a photograph of a lady dressed up in a colourful dress with a face painted to look like a skull. This photograph, of course, was taken during the Mexican celebrations of the Day of the Dead. I read that the Day of the Dead is actually celebrated over two days, the 1st and the 2nd of November. Right now, you might be thinking, hmm, that seems like a bit of a dink. The Day of the Dead celebrations occur at the same time that we celebrate All Saints Day and All Souls Day? Well, listener, a coincidence it is not. Let us first discover how All Saints Day and All Souls Day came to be. In 609 AD, Pope Boniface IV stated that all martyrs should be celebrated on the Feast of All Holy Martyrs on the 1st of May. In 837 AD, Pope Gregory IV extended the holiday to include all saints, renaming it the Feast of All Saints. In the process, the date was moved to the 1st of November, where it has remained to this day. All Souls Day is a day for the commemoration of the faithful departed. We commemorate those that are going through purgatory. Purgatory is often portrayed as a waiting room. It's a place, we're told, where people go who have sinned enough to not go immediately into heaven, but have not sinned enough to go down into the depths of hell. It's often perceived as a place where people suffer, until their sins are absolved before they go to heaven. Although a wise man once told me that purgatory is not a place of suffering, it's a process of purification. 
The word purgatory is never mentioned in the scriptures, so it has been interpreted in many ways. I invite you to consult those wiser than you and spend some time reflecting to get your own interpretation. Purgatory might not be as glum as you first thought it to be. The date of the 2nd of November for All Souls Day was chosen by St. Adilo of Cluny at the end of the 10th century before he passed. It has remained there to this day. But how did the Day of the Dead come to be? Now, the Spaniards came to Mexico in the early 1500s and took possession of the Aztec Empire around 1521. With them, they brought many things, one of these being Catholicism. And naturally, traditions and beliefs blended with the indigenous people. The Aztecs had their own festival dedicated to the goddess Mixtecatl, also referred to as the Lady of the Dead. She's said to watch over the bones of the dead and swallow the stars during the day. It's said that during the two days, the passageway between the real world and the spirit world open and deceased loved ones come back to visit. Typically, the favourite food and drink of the deceased are put out for them to enjoy. And there's much singing and dancing before the souls head back to the underworld for another year. This celebration of the dead, slowly but surely, combined with the Catholic Spanish commemorating their dead on the 1st and 2nd of November, until eventually both events occurred at the same time. So, if anyone is listening to this podcast in 80 years' time and I'm no longer around, I ask that on the 1st of November you please put out my favourite food and drink for me to enjoy. A sticky day pudding and a glass of cold milk. Now, listener... Earlier in the episode, I spoke a little bit about All Souls Day. So, considering this, uh, we've invited a Carlingford parishioner, Florina, to speak a prayer for All Souls Day. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May their souls and all the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God Rest in peace. Amen.